Hello, you're very welcome to episode 53, season two of the Two Hands on Your Hero podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Mansfield, and I'm joined by Mr. TJ Mills. How's it going, TJ? I could be better, Robbie. I could be better. Uh, could great be credit to you. <laughs> I meant to <laughs> no. be hosting this week, but uh, yeah, no, uh, I had a couple of drinks for the rugby and realized I can't drink the same as I could. So yeah. Fair play to you, Robbie, and I appreciate it. No worries. How many uh, how many drinks before? Like, how many drinks are you down in terms of? Like, how many more? How many less drinks do you have to drink? Uh, you know I mean? More, way more than I say. Well over a half. I say we're heading for. I say I'm on a quarter of what I would have been able to do, which has its you benefits. A cheap night. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's um, I won't lie to you. And um, I'd done a radio interview last week and it's I needed to prove that I'd be able to have a drink again after losing so much weight. But maybe I discussed it in another podcast. But um, yeah, it's there's maybe a slight downside to losing Wait weight. Us. But yeah, we discuss <laughs> it again anyway. No worries. Uh, cool. So, did you catch any of the, the club action today? The club finals, uh, Mooncoin won out in the end, and uh, so did Nice. Did you watch any of those games? I did, yeah. Um, I won't lie, I didn't catch the Nice game, but I'm delighted for him um, because I have a few connections in Calair, especially around the Nice area. But I'm really uh, delighted for Mooncoin because back in 2017 when Carrick Shock claimed intermediate title uh, Moonkind were involved against the Cork team as well and they came up short and um, yeah firm to keep going the way they're going is uh, phenomenal and their efforts came off being behind at half time as well and for the sideline cut to go over to over the bar to go two points up now I know Bally Glibben uh, got a point at the end to narrow the gap to a point, but um, that was some sideline cut actually for Moonkind to go two points up. Um, so yeah, yeah there'll be shot. some. Yeah, I know, phenomenal. It'd be some crack in Moonkind now, and I say the Rose of, Rose of Moonkind will be sang a few times tonight now. Yeah, they, they'll uh, they'll definitely have a good night, and as well, there's a. Uh restrictions lifted and all that so they can kind of uh just go mad as well so yeah fair play to them a, a long season for them as well um actually um one person sorry deserves a real shout out there be uh Ned Quinney be former chairman of Kilkenny County <laughs> Board um and he's been involved with Moonkind since he was um a toddler now no offence to Ned, he'd be a few years advanced to me, but um, with everything he done, it's great to see uh, Ned and especially all the club officers and the players there getting the rewards today. It's great and hopefully Ballyhill will do it again for three years in a row next weekend. Or two yeah. weeks time, sorry. Yeah, looking forward to the, the, to the senior final as well. Um, yeah, and the nice... Um, I see here now. Yeah, Nace overcame uh, Kilmoyley, I think they're of uh, of Cork or of Kerry. Um, yes, yeah, so a fair play to Nace. That was, that was another kind of crack at end to that game as well. 
And uh, you were saying you were mentioned last week about Monaghan ladies. I think they were in the junior football final, and then they lost out to St Jude's today. So you remember you were saying there was a few Kilkenny uh, people on the Monaghan team. So uh, fair play to, to Jude's for winning the, the junior football. Now I suppose yeah. the, the big the big game of the weekend was uh, of Saturday, and we were recording this Saturday night, um, just after. Sitting through Dublin, uh, getting annihilated by Kerry. Did you catch that game at all? I did. Yeah, um, like I would have seen last year it was an important game for Kerry just to prove they could defeat Dublin again. Um, I don't think I'd be the same, the same this year. Yeah, it was important. Kerry got the win because they haven't defeated Dublin in a few years. They drew last year below in Semple Stadium and Turles was under different conditions, were still under lockdown. Uh, but, I mean, this is a shadow of the Dublin team from last year and a shadow of the Dublin team that uh, won the six in a row. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if Kerry would take much from it. Yeah, it's great to beat Dublin. Um, for if you're a Kerry supporter, but it's like the only way I can describe it would be say Kilkenny playing maybe an intermediate Tipperary hurling team, and that's no disrespect. But when you're after losing so many players, you have players out injured. Uh, even listening to Jack O'Connor at the end of the game, he kind of said the same. Um, so come the summer when Dublin get players back. Um, it's the only way, another way to describe it would be like an O'Byrne Cup match um, for Kerry, our Munster, Munster League game, a pre-season game, because, um, yeah, Kerry were nearly at full strength. And... Um, I remember saying it a few weeks ago. I was kind of surprised that Jack O'Connor was putting out so many real experienced players in the preseason tournament. The catch when you do that is you can kind of get burnt out. Now, Jack O'Connor is a way more experienced manager or, say, part of a backroom team or whatever than I'd ever be. But still, you'd have to realise it's kind of a long time till July. There's a lot of injuries could be picked up or whatever. And um, yeah, I mean, the worrying thing maybe slightly for Dublin is this is two losses in a row. And Dublin wouldn't be used to that in recent years. Um, But with the players to come back, yeah, I mean, come championship, if they're clashing again, it'd be a different story, being honest, Robbie. And I'm not just saying that because of your legions. Yeah, um, I think you, you, you stuck the boot into Dublin boot there anyway. So <laughs> um, I know, I think, um, yeah, you know, Kerry only scored one point in the second half there. But, um, you know, yeah. in a way, all Dublin really need to do is stay in Division 1. And, you know, in a way, them getting lots of criticism uh, could be a great way to wake them up because uh, the team, they haven't really been criticised and I think they're going to get a lot of it now. So hopefully they, uh, from my point of view, they, they respond to it anyway. Um, 
Yeah, and then the Hurling League started today as well. So you had a good win for uh, Cork over Clare. Some scoring by Cork, 2.30. Uh, maybe they have a bit of a message uh, or a bit of a thing to, to prove from last year after being so flat in the All-Ireland final. Um, and then Tipperary uh, beat Leash as well in the kind of Division 1 games. So did you kind of catch any of them games or do you think um, do you think it's a sign of things to come from Cork? Yeah, I mean, like the way it is, if you lose an All-Ireland final, you hope to bounce back strongly in the league. And um, yeah, similar, it might sound like a, a kind of a scripted thing, but similar to say about carrying the league, uh, carrying the football, um, you don't want to peak too soon in the league. Um, now, like I'm saying, the Cork management It'd be way more experienced than me. But you'd be kind of thinking to yourself, you try and peak towards the, say, the Munster Championship. So no one remembers who won the first round of the league. As as impressive it is, win by nine points against Clare, you'd be kind of thinking to yourself here, there's bigger games ahead. Of course, you want to regain the division status. But, I mean... If Cork, I, I didn't see the Cork team, I won't lie to you, and I didn't see the Clare team. I'm only going by the full-time score and seeing the half-time score. Um, if Cork were kind of experimenting, great credit to him. As simple as that, I retract everything I said. If Cork went out to prove a point from last year's All-Earn final, it'd be kind of a slightly different story because, you know, come the business end of the championship, you're going to pick up one or two injuries and then you'd be kind of questioning yourself here, should I have trained out more players in the league? Now, here, I'm not targeting Cork with that far from it, but um, that's the caveat you kind of have to take the league. Now, in all fairness, in saying that Brian Cody always took the league seriously, Kerry always took the league seriously, Dublin the same. So, um, yeah, it's an, an impressive result there. You'd be questioning, are Clare maybe retracting a bit as well? Um, and now that's no respect to Cork, but I mean, it's seven years since, or sorry, nine years since Clare won all Ireland. And um, you'd be wondering, are they kind of going back a bit because players get kind of more kind of more mileage into the legs? Um, kind of one of the impressive scorelines in the league, Robbie, I won't lie to you, is the tip-leash game. Um, now, everyone knows Tipperary are down a lot of players under new management in Colin Bonner, uh, but still, they had a few experienced players out there tonight, James Cullen and um, McGrath. Um, so to defeat Leash only by four points, um, and Leash had a free right at the end of that game as well. It was deflected over the bar. Um, that could have been a lot closer. Now, everyone knows I have kind of allegiances to Leash, so I'm delighted in a sense I would have liked Leash to win it especially being born in Kilkenny against Tipperary. But um, it's kind of worrying times there, maybe slightly for Tipperary, because they were defeated by Kerry in the Munster Hurling League. But still, there's a caveat there. It's a long year to go. But um, 
I say Seamus Cheddar Plunkett to be kind of pleased with that saying here, we want to stay up in Division 1 and we can kind of prove here we ran Tipperary Dollar and Champions of what, three year ago to four points. Um, I say he'd be happy, but uh, Tipperary, you'd be kind of thinking here, the margin of victory should have been maybe more if you're seriously considering an all-earned title bid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose it all, as you're saying before, it kind of depends on the teams that people out have out. Exactly. Like maybe it's a kind of, it's a wet, wet night as well. So maybe that could, that can contribute to a game as well, not being, you know, maybe uh, as free-flowing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so some oh, good definitely. games on tomorrow as well. There's uh the junior football final and the junior or the intermediate club uh, football final. I presume they're going to be on uh, TG Car Sport or their, their YouTube channel. Um, so if anyone wants to watch them uh, around the world or whatever, and then there's, you know, every every Division One football game is uh, an absolute cracker. There's some real cracker games tomorrow. Armagh Tyrone, Monaghan Mayo and Donegal Kildare. So there should be uh, some epic games in there. And then just on the, on the hurling front, you have Antrim coming all the way down to, to Nolan Park and Dublin f- playing Waterford. Uh, Wexford are going to, or, or Limerick are going to uh, Wexford Park and then Offaly are going to Galway. So out of those hurling games, uh, which one do you think will be the, the most intriguing one? I think Dublin-Waterford. Um and the reason why is Liam Cal committing to Watford for another season turned down the opportunity of managing his home county Tipperary. Now I know Liam personally from work a few years ago and he's an absolute gentleman, but um he's also very committed as well. So he also believes he can achieve something in Watford. Now I'm not saying no manager believes they can achieve, but he's kind of committed outside of GEA. So it says that he can kind of see something there. Dublin really on a high after winning the Welsh Cup as well. They defeated Galway uh, comprehensively under Henry Shefflin and completely dismantled Wexford last weekend. I was watching the game in the Welsh Cup final. So um, I think that'll be the pick of the weekend. Um, Matty Kenny is under a slight bit of pressure. There's a couple of years he's come up short with Dublin. Um, so it's kind of the same as I was saying about Cork. Is it a situation that they're peaking too soon? Say they absolutely dismantle teams in the Welsh Cup. Um, and this will be a real test for Dublin to see um, what they're made of this year. Um, we know they have the talent, we know they have the skill and ability, great underage structures, great underage talent. Um, and then, like I was saying, Liam Cal committing to Watford again, he's there to prove a point. When he went in there, he cut an awful lot of players from the panel rebuilt a young panel with some experienced players as well so I think that would be the pick of the games the weekend uh, Kilkenny Antrim no disrespect good few new players for Kilkenny Antrim will always be tough um, really made a game of it in Nolan Park last year Kilkenny were leading well and Antrim came back at him but 
Yeah, the game of the weekend or the game of Sunday afternoon has to be Dublin Watford, being honest. Yeah, so uh, looking forward to them. And uh, speaking of other things that would be uh, good to watch on TV, uh, what are your kind of uh, your picks of the week for this week, Gage? Yeah, um, I actually kind of prepared this week's a strange one, even though the the program that I'm choosing isn't out yet. It's um, anyone that was a follower of Power. There's a new Power Book Four. Uh, coming out but it's focusing on Tommy so I won't spoil it if anyone didn't watch the Power series but if anyone did they know Tommy is one of the serious characters in it they have been spin-offs about Tyreek in Power Book 3 and then um, Kanan in Power Book Raising Kanan now Power book raising Canaan. I wasn't really impressed with. I won't lie to you. I watched it, and Power book Tariq. I watched the first season of the spinoff. Uh, I didn't watch the second season of it. Um, even though it's well over, but I'm looking forward to the Power book for um uh force, which is based on Tommy. I think that'd be more interesting. And the second pick of the week is actually a bit of music. Strange, I used to do it for a lot, but first time in a long time. And it's actually a song by Anne-Marie and Niall Horn that stuck in my head for the past couple of weeks listening to the radio. It's a collaboration. they done a Fleetwood Mac everywhere for BBC Children in Need. And yeah, I think it's a classic. And um yeah, I was dragged to an Anne-Marie concert a few years ago. Uh, I wouldn't have been a massive fan, but uh, she actually puts on a phenomenal concert that I have tickets again for me with the same friend. So, uh, yeah, that's worth checking out. Or if you didn't hear it already on the radio, I think The Children in Need was November last year. But um, it's actually a really impressive a collaboration of um, the Fleetwood Mac track everywhere and as you know yourself if you're doing a song from a classic band it has to be good and this is up there Robbie yeah cool uh, probably hopefully uh, try and check that one out I think I might have heard it on the radio actually um, but I'll kind of uh, dig back into it again so for my picks of the week um, I've got a couple of movies so the first one is uh, it's a zombie. It's actually a series, actually, and it's called All of Us Are Dead. Um, now it's very well done. Uh, zombie. It's a Korean movie, so it has subtitles or it's possibly dubbed. Okay, so I don't know if that will uh, turn people off or whatever, but um, it's just really well shot in terms of the the zombies and every, when people are changing to zombies and it's all sort of chaos and lots of things going on. And uh, yeah, I haven't finished it yet, but it, it does uh, seems pretty good so far. And then another one was a movie I watched during the week uh, on Amazon Prime was True Story with um, James Franco and what's the guy, his name, he's from Superbad. Um, oh, I forget oh, his name. Oh, Jonah Hill, is it? Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill, yeah. So mm-hmm. now it's, they're usually kind of comedy actors, but it was, um, it's a very serious film. And it's about a guy he writes, he wrote for the New York Times and then he, you know, gets an opportunity to write. He kind of his career is on a bit on the rocks, and he gets to write a book. 
um, about a guy who killed his family. So, and it's a bit of a thrillery type thing. So, um, yeah, it's a really good, really good movie. And it's really good as well. I find when you have like comedy actors going in doing like serious roles, I think a lot of comedy actors are really good at doing the serious stuff as well. Um, so that that'd be worth uh, checking out as well. Now it is a bit of a hard watch. Um, uh, like I'm not, not that the zombie one would be an easy one, but um, <laughs> I suppose like it's to do with kind of small children and stuff. So maybe that's a bit of an issue. Oh, okay. or, like you know, it can be hard watch that way, you know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, so and then just uh, my music pick for this week is a band called uh, Living Color, and they're they're like um, I suppose what you could call them, maybe eighties nineties uh, rock band. I've never heard of them before, but they've got two absolutely brilliant songs you should check out. Uh, one is called Love Rears Its Ugly Head, and then another one is Cult of Personality. And Cult of Personality is off an album uh, they have called Vivid. Um, so yeah, Living Colour. Um, definitely check them out. Um, okay. It seems like you're going to have a lot of really good albums in there. So um, as people might know, I'm doing an album a day sort of thing. So uh, they'll, they'll keep me busy with the with with stuff to watch there. Um, yeah, cool. So just uh, this was good. this next topic was inspired by a post I seen during the week, and it was about Love Island, and it was like a joking as if it was like. Um, if it was done on a farm, so say instead of the Love Island contestants going to uh, a villa, you know, on a, a Spanish island somewhere in the sun, it might be better crack to have them go to a farm and they have to do all sorts of chores and f- farm yard sort of work as well. And also do the whole dating thing, you know, the way, or it could even just be a show on its own where you have um, possibly one for Mockware and Irish farmers where you have, um, young young farmers getting together on this uh farm of love as it were so uh, what do you think of that idea teach uh the minute i saw it i won't lie to you it kind of sums up what i think of love ireland a load of bullshit um, <laughs> um but um yeah it'd be an interesting concept but um i couldn't really see the cast of say now, I won't lie to you, I say I saw a total of about five minutes of Love Island, all the seasons that's out. Um, so I may not be the best to comment about it, but um, from what I saw, um, it seems a lot of typecasting. Now, I won't libel myself in saying that, that it isn't, or that it is, but... Um, yeah, I mean it's uh I I like the the rural farmer route, even though I'm not from a farming background, I think it'd be a good concept for say the likes of Mocker and the Firma. I mean it's uh uh it'd be a, a good concept, but for say want to be cele- celebrities that go into Love Island. I don't think it'd work, Robbie. I don't think it'd work. Could you imagine someone on a bikini, um, in other words, excuse the language, shoveling out shite um, out of a paddock? Yeah, I think it'd be an interesting spin on it. But, but a lot of those people go on to those. <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot of the people go on to those shows just to be famous. So, if there was a thing where they were kind of going to be famous, I suppose, um, then they might have 
more of an interest in going in and doing that sort of stuff though. Um but yeah, like, yeah, it's true. True. Probably true, probably yes. realistically you wouldn't get them on to do that show. But you know, it could be you know, and maybe we should just trademark this uh idea for the show. You know, maybe Makra should do something like that, maybe like uh yeah, you know, maybe 10 lads, 10 girls, uh, all farmers onto a farm yeah. and uh, see what happens, you know. A shout out there, if anyone wants to sponsor it, we'll happily <laughs> do Anton Deck on it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who you'd be Deck though, would you? Or would I be? Who would you be? Uh, I'm trying to think of Anton Deck. Well, being honest, it mightn't be the best time to pick that because, uh, yeah, after having a few drinks, it, uh, yeah, sorry. Maybe that's no. a low blow, yeah. but uh, yeah. <laughs> no worries. Uh, cool. So we'll move on to uh, the rugby. So what do you think of the rugby today, Teach? Great win for Ireland and a great win for Scotland. Yeah, it was. Um, start off with the Ireland rugby game. Yeah, it started off brilliantly. Um, the pace from the November internationals uh, went 10-0 up. Um, and then kind of faded out of the game, and that was slightly worrying. I won't lie to you. Um, that's the worry when you go 10 0 up. Um, most teams get an early try, then they get a penalty because they have the momentum, and then usually the opposition come back at them. Um, that didn't happen today because Wales are very limited um, due to the injuries they have. Um, but I mean, it was very important for Ireland to get the win. They had a poor enough record against Wales, even though this is the third victory over them in the past three years. Uh, you have to be pleased. And the debut of Hansen out on the wing was really impressive as well. I think the the kick he done at the start of the game out on the wing was um, kind of set the tone for his performance in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to be pleased. There's a caveat there of Wales being down a lot of players. I think the big test to be against France in the Stade de France next weekend, uh, next Saturday, sorry. And um, if Ireland can get a result there, win or draw, then we're in a good pass. Um Going to the Scotland-England game, I won't lie to you, I didn't see it because I was watching um, the GEA. Um, but, I mean, Scotland claiming the Calcutta Cup for the second year in a row. I stand corrected on that, but I think they defeated England last year as well. Um, there's a caveat there as well. England are without players through injury as well um i was going to say andy farrell um what's his son's name oh the kicker uh on farrell uh without on farrell i mean on farrell's an exceptional player uh but that's that's an important win for scotland and that's a real important win we were chanting last year on the podcast scotland were in a good position they were on a good run of form they came up short. Now, I know they defeated England and claiming the Calcutta Cup was a big win for them. But still, when they came up against Ireland, they weren't impressive. Um, and that was an important win because it's a kind of momentum. Um, 
And that might sound kind of hypocritical with what I was saying about, say, the hurling results earlier on. But when you're a team like Scotland, where you're kind of trying to strive to improve, um, you've kind of been the bridesmaid in a few results. It's great getting moral victories like that. Now, teams say here... I don't want a moral victory when you come up short against a good team by, say, two or three points. But when you're claiming wins against teams like that, that's a good win. And going back to the Ireland game, Wills are current Six Nations champions as well. And Ireland were in a poor enough run of form last year. We're questioning Andy Farrell. Well, I was. Hold me hands up. I won't say we were. I was questioning Andy Farrell and saying, here, is he the right man? And then the November internationals came in. Now, I know the, this the third year in a row they defeated Wales, but still Wales can be a banana skin, and especially when you're after coming off of the high of uh, defeating, say, New Zealand, and then Argentina as well. Now, no, Argentina were very limited, but still, when it comes to our World Cup, Argentina have the better of Ireland. So, yeah, for the two sides were out, they'd be happy. But um, for Ireland, you know, they're more there. Being honest, they have to be more there against France next week because France are no longer the on the low point they were, say, about four years ago. They slowly built up with young players and that'd be a serious test. And if Ireland can get a result there, they'd be well on the way to hopefully securing the Six Nations. If not, France would be deserving favourites for it. Yeah, um, yeah, it should be a cracking game uh, in, in Paris. Uh, I think it's in Paris next week, yeah. So, um, it is, yeah. Yeah, if we can get a win there. Uh, then it does really open up the the rest of the championship. You know, you could say we should beat England or should should be uh, Italy and then Scotland and England. You know, we would probably be favourite to beat them as well at this point. Um, obviously, other thing you're saying we were, we're very lucky with injuries at the minute. Um, so no real injuries to report. And Wales were I think Wales were missing. I think it was like 680 caps, 680 international caps yeah. were gone out of the squad. Um, I think a lot of them were Lions players as well. So um, Jones and yeah. Williams. Yeah, and you have to question as well. Like, is it you know is a big factor? Like, a lot of teams have their eyes on the World Cup rather than this Six Nations, and maybe a lot of teams, you know, especially maybe Wales uh, and England. They got England a new uh, out half today, so well not new, well new for the Six Nations, I suppose. Um, are they blooding a lot of players? And maybe we should be trying to work as many uh, new combinations into the Six Nations as possible as well. Um, the worrying point, Robbie, and sorry, I know you want to move on, but the worrying point I take from, say, today's game is Jonathan Sexton is our main kicker. And that's no respect to Johnson Sexton. He's absolutely phenomenal. I would have been his biggest critic, but he's after proving me wrong. And I'm delighted to say he proved me wrong. But still, when you're coming into the World Cup, he's 36 at the moment. The World Cup's next year. Um, now, maybe he's 35, be 36 for the World Cup. I stand corrected on that. No, I think he's 36 now, is he? Or yeah, I mean... 
that's that's a high age going into the World Cup. And um, now we know Joey Carberry was the replacement kicker today. Um, and Joey Carberry would have played a very little amount of games. And that would be the one worrying thing that we haven't got a kicker. Um, because with the, the injuries that Johnson can pick up, and God forbid he'd, he'd ever, because you'd never wish that on anyone or anything, or you'd never like to hear of it happening. But um, that'd be the one concern when you're mentioning the World Cup, Robbie, because we're only a year out from it. If you take Six Nations, you had to be a summer, summer tour, November internationals, Six Nations next year, and then you're kind of heading into the World Cup. You'd like to have a number 10 there settled in kind of when you had Ron Nogara and then you had Johnson Sexton nipping at the bit, and then Johnson Sexton got in ahead of O'Gara, and I would have been in the O'Gara camp, I won't lie to you. Uh, but, yeah, that's the slight worrying thing, we haven't a number 10 really chopping at the bit at the moment. Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a game that we've had, had the problem for a while, Um but I suppose Johnson Sexton still is the best 10 we have. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Even though he is aging and stuff like that, and uh, he took a bad L bang today as well. I'm very surprised it was um, just a yellow card, to be honest, because um, he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Adams was nowhere near the ball, um, and cut, he caught Johnny uh, square in, in the face. But um, yeah, anyway, cool. So we're just gonna just touch in on the the world sports stuff. Um, so we have the the Winter Olympics is starting. Have you would you have ever watched much of the Winter Olympic Games, Teach? I would have, but I won't lie. I didn't watch any of the coverage yet. I really love. I think it's only started now. Yeah, it only started uh, yesterday, Friday. But um, yeah, I would have watched and say a lot of the skiing and say, um, oh, uh, I'm going to embarrass myself saying snowboarding. say on Eurosport, Eurosport was terrific for, but I haven't watched any of the coverage yet. Now I know there's an Irish contingent got over, uh, gone over. And there's good hope for them. They really are. What events are in And there's one involved in snowboarding. Um, Now I should know their names and I'm I have to be apologetic. I can't think of it. Honestly, can't think of it. I is there one he's... guy? I think he's like American born, is he or something? Yeah, and then there's um another chap. He's um from Irish parents living in Norway as well. Um, now, no disrespect. I don't know their names. Um, but I think they're involved over this weekend. And I mean, it's a complete lack of respect because if it was the main Olympics, we would, be, uh, I would be naming, naming um, them. But um, yeah, I will try and check out the highlights. I won't lie to you. I was kind of caught today. Busy. I know there are highlights on today at three o'clock. There are highlights on yesterday at three o'clock. I think the worst part of it is it's based in China and it has nothing to do with it being based in China because of the country, but it's because of the time difference. 
um, if it was only, say, an hour ahead or an hour behind, uh, it may not be too bad. But when you're talking to the games, like the main Olympics being on at three or four in the morning, um, it's a bit like the NFL. It's uh, kind of beyond me bedtime when you're up at, uh, say, five, six o'clock. Like. <laughs> so, but, yeah, uh, that could be a factor, right? Yeah, no, I'll definitely try and catch up because like I was saying, it's no no matter what athlete goes out or what event, they deserve the support. And uh, yeah, I wish them the very best. And now I hope the events haven't been on already because I'd be really eating humble pie then because I didn't uh, view them. Um, I don't know. So one of the things I really enjoy watching at the Winter Olympics is the ice hockey. Um, that's yeah. normally pretty good. I don't know if you've seen much of that before, but um, maybe I've been watching it. Maybe it could have been like maybe two Winter Olympics ago. Maybe it was Russia were playing Canada, and it was just uh, awesome stuff. You know, men's and ladies playing each other. It's um, hurling on ice almost, um, and they wear the big pad and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that's that's if I was to catch anything and try and catch that, and maybe the bobsled uh, stuff just to relive a bit of yeah. uh, cool, cool running stuff. But um, do you think, did you, because, uh, go on, sorry. I know, sorry, I was going to say, did you know there's a nice hockey team in Kilkenny, actually? Oh, yeah. um, well, they, they were. Uh, they play in Belfast, actually, Ice Arena in Belfast. Um, I know the man that's involved, but I can't think of his name. But they were, well, it was going up to a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah, there was a nice hockey team, um, and even the name of the team escapes me. I interviewed them on the radio to make it worse. Uh, but yeah, there was a nice hockey team from Kilkenny that uh, used to play their games up in uh, Belfast. Um, so yeah, I think it's yeah. like uh, Belfast Giants are the name of the team, or they they play like in a, a European league. Yeah, um, I I look it up. I come back to you in a second on it, um, because I'm slightly embarrassed because um, the I know the lad involves well, uh, well, well to see kind of way, um, but um, yeah, he used to be a bouncer in Kilkenny. Actually, I was never on the wrong side, but um, sure. that you remember? No, 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 never, never, never. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's an interesting one because um, we we never get ice in Kilkenny anyway. Kilkenny Storm, actually. Sorry, that's Kilkenny that's Storm. The, oh. Kilkenny Storm. Yeah, they used to play their games in Belfast. That's pretty cool. And it was like an Irish league, or yeah, I think so. I think they done a bit of their training in Kilkenny, but I mean, you'd have to, as you know, be fairly. Anyone that say done ice skating at Christmas or that say on Kilkenny on ice or down on the the quay in Watford, you know how uh, dangerous it can be. I ended up in hospital myself on the school tour after falling on ice, um, ice skating. So um, yeah, I think they done bits of their training in Kilkenny and then they perfected it on ice and played their games up in Belfast, but. Um, yeah, I like I was saying, I stand corrected on that, but um, I'm nearly, I say, ninety nine percent sure. Um, 
that they they did uh, because there wouldn't be any other ice rink in the Republic that they played their games above in Belfast. Yeah, cool. Um, anything else for the sports roundup? Yeah, I know I'm going to go with golf this weekend um, and I have to give a shout out to the Irish players, uh, Seamus Power of Watford. Um, he's really making an impact in the PGA Tour now. When we're recording the podcast, he was leading the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And anyone knows Seamus Power came from, I think it was maybe 200 in the world. Now, I stand corrected on that. And then he moved up and now he's after he merged into the top 50. And now he's making great progress. Now he is leading the Pebble Beach uh, pro-am against Canley um, now that's at the time of us recording the podcast but we wish Seamus Power the best there being from Watford as well uh, being close by no matter what Irish player but still I mean Seamus Power is after making great progress over the past couple of years um, as anyone knows on the podcast we would have highlighted the career of Leona Maguire as well and for a great weekend for Ireland, she's currently leading the LPA, uh, LPGA Drive-On Championship. Now, this at the time of recording, uh, Leona Maguire is at 17 under par there. And the Cavan girl is making great strides over the past couple of years. And I think she's going to be the real force in women's golf. She's still young. She's a twin. Um, she would have competed with her sister for years and she went out on her own and um, had a couple of close shaves last year and I think this would be a big year for her and if she's able to win the drive on championship that would be some uh, achievement for her and she's in a great position but no matter what the result within the next couple of years she will be really up there in the top of ladies golf because she's there thereabouts every tournament and it's only a matter of time she will claim the first victory and once she does that it's um god knows yeah hopefully yeah good things anyway um yeah cool so i would talk a bit a bit of nfl on the show here so um in terms of world sports, so there's um, no games this weekend because there's two big games last weekend and the Super Bowl is uh, next weekend. Um, so it's going to be in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. So it's going to be a pretty big event. And last week, the Bengals met the Chiefs. So that was a bit of a surprise uh, upset win that the, the, the Bengals, you know, really came from nowhere this year to, to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And... Then the other side, you had the LA Rams beating the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So that's um, the Bengals versus the uh, LA Rams uh, next weekend. So, Bush, uh, as well, kind of since those games happened, uh, Tom Brady announced he was going to retire. Um, he just said that he wasn't going to be able to give it 100% anymore. So he wasn't going to do it because unless he could give 100%, uh, he just wasn't, he wasn't going to put his... Uh, his body or the line or do that for the, the teammates and stuff like that. So, well, I don't know if he's officially completely retiring, maybe he's just stepping away for this year, but, um, you know, he's had a, an incredible career and probably, uh, 
an unmatchable career in terms of the NFL. Um, no one's going to be able to probably get anywhere near his records, you know, uh, for the longest time. Um, I think I heard a commentator saying if we all, anyone who remembers Tom Brady lived to 100, you know, they're probably like they're, his records are still going to be uh, untouched. Um, so a great player. And then there was a bit of um, bit of a kerfuffle, I suppose you could say, that um, one of the coaches, uh, Brian Flores, he got um, he got the sack from the Miami Dolphins, but he was uh, alleging that he was uh, being given money to uh, throw games or to lose games, because oh, in the Jesus. NFL there's a bit, there's a bit of a and it was from the owners of the of the of the team, which was you know even more uh, kind of. Strange, I suppose. So it was like, I suppose one of the bad things about the NFL is there's a little bit of an incentive for losing games because you get a better pick in the draft in the following year. Um, yeah. So that like, like maybe if a team isn't having a great season and they're not going to make the playoffs because there's no relegation from the league, then there's no real penalty for them losing the rest of the games. You know what I mean? So... And you would have kind of allegations of teams tanking to get better draft picks and stuff. But um, he's uh, alleging that um, the owners of the team uh, were giving him 100, 100 grand uh, incentive to lose games so they'd get better draft picks and stuff like that. Um, and there was also a thing where he was meant to be interviewed for the New York Giants head coaching job. And then it, it turned out that he wasn't interviewed and there is a bit of a race element to it as well that he's um, African American coach and like for the amount of African American players that play NFL, there's a very small percentage relatively of head coaches that are African American. You know, so it does raise the question. You know, are you know people people given like white people given white people jobs and not given the African American guys? Um, the, the, the fair Jews and stuff like that. So yeah, so there's a bit of a drama for the for the NFL offseason. Um so that's kind of a story maybe that might be interesting even if you don't like NFL. Um and then as well I would say there's no games, but there is actually uh, an all-star game called the um all pro game which is on tomorrow I think. So that's where the best players from each division uh that aren't in the Super Bowl will play together, play against each other. And now did you take it a little bit easy? In general, there would be like a an unwritten rule where they're not actually hitting as hard, or they're not tackling as hard, or they're not kind of, you know, going full in. I suppose because you know it's not it's not a game that's relative to the season and stuff like that, and players don't want to get hurt and be injured for the whole off season and stuff like that. So they don't go at a full tilt. But I suppose it's really good to see you know all the good players. Uh, kind of playing together and stuff like that. And then they also do, I think it was on during the week there where they have, it's like certain sort of games where they do like, you know, throwing drills or have like the NFL guys playing dodgeball or they have them doing races and stuff like that. Um, oh, cool. So it's a bit of, bit of crack and stuff like that. Um, and almost a nice way to, to book in the season for a lot of guys. Um, so it might be, might be a good idea for maybe GA or soccer or something, do something like that, you know. Um like it is it is it is all quite lighthearted. I don't think it's that that competitive. Um but yeah, it's like it's a nice kind of fun way to end a season. So maybe um might be an interesting to, thing to do, maybe bring to uh bring over here. Um 
you were saying about the the camogie there to each what ones you want to uh what games you want to go through yeah i know actually just picking up on what you the point you made there actually firstly um as anyone knows listening to this i wouldn't be a huge nfl fan i want to get into it um i still have to do it but you have to pay tribute to tom brady i mean anyone that hears a name that wouldn't be in 10 fl um to hear as much as Tom Brady and hear his achievements deserves credit. Now I know there are rumors last week he was retiring and they were kind of uh rubbished at the time, but then he officially announced it. But um you have to pay tribute to any athlete that does what they done and especially uh he won the Super Bowl last year. Are am I incorrect on that? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's in his 40s. Um, yeah, he's 44 now, I think. Yeah, I mean, to do that, to be performing at that high a level, and especially, I mean, American football, I know we would have on earlier podcasts saying here, yeah, the physicality in NFL wouldn't be the same as rugby, but uh, still, you wouldn't like to get a hit. <laughs> I won't like to you. Uh, especially mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to get a hit on them a few years younger so um, yeah no great tribute there um, and actually you mentioned about the the games that the NFL play at the end of the season they used to be one I remember back when Kilkenny won dollar in 2002 and our math footballers won the all earned in 2002 the football all Ireland there was a charity football match in you know, Buckley Park in Kilkenny. It used to be home at Kilkenny FC. Uh, oh, yeah? Kilkenny City, sorry. And uh, yeah, that was, it was called the Gold Challenge. And um, then, say, for a few years after Kilkenny played the likes of Ballyhill Shamrocks, if they were, say, reigning county champions or something like that. And then it kind of disappeared, but it raised great money for the Gold Charity. Um, so it kind of was kind of along the same lines as um, what you were saying the NFL done, but it was done locally kind of within Kilkenny, except the time they played Armand. It'd be great if they kind of converted that. Now, I know there's a great hurling for cancer that um, Jim Bulger runs every year where you have um, former greats of hurling and current greats and then you have, say, jockeys and that as well. So maybe it'd be great to see that expanded as well. I know they do great work. Sorry, um, I know I went off topic there. So sorry, Robbie. Um, yeah, the, no, no, start of the, the Camogie League began today and it saw uh, Tipperary defeating down who won the Intermediate All-Earned last year, 316 to three points. Kilkenny, who were defeated in Dollar last year against Galway, or sorry, defeated against Cork in Dollar semi final last year, um, defeating Limerick 118 to 110. There are some games in the Division Two of the uh, Intermediate Camogie League as well. An impressive win for Wexford actually over Cork for uh, what, sorry. Uh, 14 points to nine. That's a really impressive win for Wexford because they were on the low ebb there for a couple of years, but coming up against them in minor when I was involved with Kilkenny, they have great players there. Uh, other victories for um, sorry, 
uh, Watford over Westmead. That's that's kind of a, an interesting one. I thought Westmead to be closer. Kilkenny for, against Tipperary, three eight seven points. Um, I have to commiserate with a friend of mine. He's in charge of the Tipperary team. I was actually asked to be involved as well. Uh, but they came up against a really strong Kilkenny side there as well and were in the all final last year. But they're the Komogi uh, results from today's Saturday. They are more games over the weekend as well. Uh, so definitely check out the Komogi social media channels as well. Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, no, cool. Uh, you know, check out those games as well. Um, cool. So I don't have a high ball for you this week, Teach, but I'm just going to finish with uh, a question. Uh, so Africa Cup of Nations, who's going to win, Mo Salah or Sadio Mane? Uh, it's a tough one. Um, I have a favouring towards Egypt. I won't lie to you. Um, you know someone from I... Egypt, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. You know someone from Egypt. That's usually how these story goes. <laughs> <laughs> I do, Mo Salah, but not personally. But uh, I know someone from Senegal as well, uh, Sadio Mane. But uh, um, I know I, I just kind of fancy Mo Salah dragging Egypt through. I won't lie. Um yeah, no, it'd be a great game. And it's especially for a Liverpool fan because you'd, yeah, it's kind of a catch-22 because you want someone back for uh, the Leicester game next Thursday. So it's a matter of who you need urgently back. So if you're looking at it that way, you hope Mo Salah wins because Mo Salah is going to have to be rested anyway, because he's after playing extra time and that in a couple of games. Uh, so having Manny back, and especially after signing Luis Diaz. Now, I know I'm going to Liverpool instead of from the African Cup of Nations, but uh, yeah, I kind of fancy Egypt to win it. And it'd be some terrific achievement for him, because if you think back to Italia 90, um, now, I was only three years old. You would have been the same at the time or around that. Uh, you wouldn't say you remember the games, but hearing the stories or watching the videos back, Ireland drew with Egypt in that World Cup and Eamon Dunphy went apeshit actually over it, saying it was an absolute shocking result. So to see him... Uh, now, I know it's the African Cup of Nations, but still to go that far in it um, is a great achievement but uh, yeah I kind of fancy Egypt for it yeah uh, cool cool so that's on at 7 o'clock tomorrow I'm not sure what channel it's on but um, yeah cool good chats as always Teach. yeah I know a pleasure Robbie and sorry for being slightly under the weather <laughs> I know you're grand you're grand uh, it's Saturday anyway so you're entitled to a few drinks <laughs> I know, usually usually I wouldn't be caught the way I am, but uh, yeah, no, I promise I'd be uh, more, what would you say, coherent the next time. <laughs> I know, you're Grant. Cool, good chats as always, and uh, thanks everyone to, for listening, and uh, you can catch us on Instagram, Two Ones in a Hurl podcast, and the same on Facebook, and you can listen to us, uh, you know, wherever you're listening to us now, or you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, or Acast as well, so... Good chat, Siege, and uh, chat to you again next week.
Yeah, pleasure, Robbie, as always. Thanks a million and thanks a million for everyone for listening. Chat soon. All right, Sam. Good luck. Bye-bye. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Bye-bye.